Good morning. Glad you're here on this Memorial Day weekend and hope you're enjoying the weekend and I hope it's a long one for you. But in this series, we're talking about work. We're wrapping up a series that we've called The Working Life and we're digging into the scripture. The scripture has very, very helpful guidance across the spectrum of life. It's a very old book. Uh, but it, it contains timeless principles that God uh, shares with us in the Scripture. And what happens is, in all the arenas of life, across the spectrum of life, you find that Scripture cuts to core truths that help us to do well. Because God gave us life, and He wants us to really enjoy it. So, as you get into Scripture, you find... These core truths that are incredibly helpful and they clue us into the way that God has made life to work. Uh, We spend a lot of time at work. Last week I mentioned 90,000 hours in a lifetime, 10 and a half years. That's a lot of time at work. (laughs) And so God includes a lot in the scripture about how to get the most out of our work, how to really enjoy it. Because his heart is for us to get get the most out of life. This is what we've talked about so far. I'd like to review briefly uh, the Working Life series. Week one, we looked at blessing or curse. Is is our work a, a blessing or a curse? We find out that it's it's a blessing, and it inevitably becomes a grind. So there's there's this curse aspect to it as well. But God wants us. To learn how to approach our work in, in, in a way that we enjoy it. And you find out in scripture that the ability to enjoy your work is from the hand of God. So as you approach it from his angle, from his perspective, then you begin to enjoy it. But the first message helped develop, hopefully, some realistic expectations. Week two, we looked at wholehearted. Uh, we talked about how Christ followers bear his name. We bear the name of Christ, so when we go to work, we carry his name with us, and we work wholeheartedly, regardless of what's going on around us, because of the fact that we bear his name. Then week three, last week, uh, we looked at who are you working for. God's perspective on relating to the boss at work is, is the most important perspective there is. I mean, there's a lot that flies around uh, in attitudes toward authority, but Christ followers ultimately serve the boss above the boss. There's the boss above the boss that's in the organizational chart, and we serve him. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He's really in control of what's going on in the world. And so we, we go to work with that attitude. We're actually serving him. Today, We're going to look at a secret ingredient for being promotable. (laughs) It's, it's a secret, you know, competence is important. Skill definitely really matters. Commitment is essential. Willingness to work hard. Those are all important, but the ingredient that we're going to look at gives a real edge if all those other factors are, are equal. And it's, it's an ingredient that reminds us of something that I personally need to re, be reminded of often, and it runs all through Scripture. So we're going to look at that in a minute. It's, it's a secret. 
It's the best kept secret, so I don't want to tell you right now. I'm going to, I'm going to wait a little bit. Um, whenever you get a new job, there's a lot to think about. You're excited about the fact that you just got hired. Uh, you're, you're learning new tasks. You're learning new things. You're meeting new people. You're getting to know your boss and trying to figure out how to work well with him or her, under him or her, and with your coworkers. Uh, my, my first job out of college comes to mind. First job out of college, I say out of college, it was actually my last semester of college. But Cindy and I were planning to get married in June, and my brother worked at General Motors in Southgate, and he worked there for a long time. And he, he was able to get me a good job so that I could put Cindy through her her last year of college after we got married. And I, I showed up, and I my brother could help me get the job. He, he was an accountant with General Motors, but he couldn't determine where I ended up. And he kept saying, I really hope you don't get the body shop. You know, that's that's rough in the body shop. And, you know, so where did I end up? Okay, the body shop. <laughs> and I'm in I'm in the body shop. I'm a spot welder. Okay, the, the, the panel of the side panel of the car comes by and I have this this big spot welding gun that I, I have to lift and hoist into this certain position and I squeeze the trigger. And if you don't do it right, sparks fly and it's, it's real, your, your hair gets, my hair's never been the same right here. But anyway, it's, it's a, <laughs> it, it probably hasn't, I'm on, honestly. There's a couple other things that happened I think I've told you about before that caused my hair to go too. But um, anyway, I'm thinking... The first night, I, I, I went out of here. Okay, this is a war zone. And I, thankfully in my mind it was temporary, so that was helpful. And my brother was going to make sure I lost my job because I'd already been called into the ministry by then. And he told me that, you know, if you try to work longer than a year, they're going to find a, a car stereo in your car and you're going to get fired. So, okay, <laughs> I won't try to push it. Um, but I woke up the next day and my hand was frozen shut. And I was thinking, how long do I have to do this? Because I was excited. It was a really good paying job for the time. It was $400 a week and our rent was $140 a month. So, hey, we were, we were doing what God, I lost the job a month after, <laughs> after we got married because of the uh, recession, the gas crunch of 79 that tells you how old I am okay but um, anyway lost the job because God had another track for me not to live it up my first year of marriage Um, and and it was actually very good for me but I you get into the job here I'm excited because I'm making a lot of money then I have to do the job and then I'm looking around and I'm starting to think whoa the supervisor he doesn't have to squeeze the trigger he just he just kind of walks around and makes sure we've got everything we need. I want that job. I like what he's doing. You know, and so you're starting to look around and think, hey, let's do that. And so, you know, you get excited about a new job. Uh, there's a lot to think about. Uh, you just got hired. You're learning new things. Um, you're getting to know people. But, but usually it doesn't take long before you start asking a question. How, how can I get ahead? what I was doing. How can I get ahead? I, I, 
I knew I didn't have long enough to get ahead, but I really thought that job looked great, you know, what the supervisor was doing. Um, you feel stuck after long. You get settled in. Uh, you may get bored. You might feel underappreciated. What, what feelings do you have right now? Okay, I, I don't want to ruin the weekend for you. We're like right in the middle of this one. But what, what feelings do you have when you think about Monday or maybe this week it's Tuesday? Is it dread? Do you have the dreads all weekend? Oh. Sometimes it's really, in, it's hard to enjoy the weekend because you know Monday's coming. Your current situation might be stressful, demanding, and you may feel dull or hopeless. Advancement often seems like our way out. We may look for ways to get a promotion or get a raise. I know I did at General Motors. I was starting to think that way pretty early. Um, Watching others move up, seeing the success of others can fuel the fire to advance even more. What we're going to look at today is, is a quality that really helps with that. But there's two basic approaches to advancement in our work. First of all, there's my way. To promote myself. Now, this this makes sense to us natively. Um, You feel like you've got to take matters into your own hand if you're ever going to get anywhere in life. So you look for the fastest way to get ahead. And you, you start executing these ways that we tend to promote ourselves. Draw attention to our, our accomplishments. We expose shortcomings of others, cover up our own blunders, because spin is more important than substance. We're trying to get ahead. Um, we're not very forthcoming with our mistakes. We want to try to dance around them. We flatter the boss, possibly demand our way, uh, then really get upset if we don't get it. We take credit for the work of others. Um, as, as, you're, as you're looking at advancement, growing into a position of uh, authority at work. Um, and you're thinking, how, how do I pull this off? There are all these native strategies and native ways that we can fall back to in order to make that happen. And as you look at the line ahead of you, it can be very, very discouraging. I'd like to show you a clip this morning just, just for fun. But it's a clip that gives us the sense sometimes of how we feel as we we look at work and and advancement in work. Here here it is. It's from Fun with Dick and Jane. It's a it's a fun clip. <laughs> oh, you know it. Uh, so can I send you a resume? No, I got a terrific one here. You'll love it. <laughs> you have a fax number? So there are no new openings at this time. Right. And what about the near future? Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. I can stop calling. This afternoon. Okay. I'll be there. Bye. Hun? Yeah? I got an interview at Pyramid Tech. What? I was really starting to wonder there.
That's how it feels sometimes. We do everything we can, and then we get to the line, and it is incredibly long. We don't know when that promotion's coming or whether or not we're going to get hired. We're not sure. How does this work? When you depend on yourself for a promotion, it, it can seem hopeless. You're reaching in for resources inside yourself. Faith brings a tremendous advantage in life. Christ followers take a different attitude toward advancement. And aim to do things God's way. This is the second approach. I do what I can, and I trust God with the promotion, with my place in life. I, I trust Him. I walk by faith. Uh, we talked about how Jesus is the boss above the boss last week. He, he's the one that gives you the strength. He provides. He gave you life. He gives you the strength to work. He provides opportunities to work. He, he's aware of the long line ahead that you're looking at. He, he knows where you rank in that line or where you stack up as opposed to everybody else. He, he's in control of what's going on. Every interview, every paycheck, every promotion, it's, it's a mistake not to factor God into our work environment. It's Actually, Scripture says it's foolish not to factor him in. The faith approach says that I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try to grow in skill. I'm going to try to get more and more competent. I'm going to do my part. But as I do that, I'm going to trust God to, to respond however he sees fit and to give me the promotion or not based on what is best in his mind, in his eyes. With a desire to please God, we work with a whole heart. We give it everything we've got. This means I don't slack off no matter what's going on with the boss, the way they're relating to me, uh, or with my coworkers, whatever they're doing, or whatever they're saying. I, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm doing it because our work reflects on the one we follow. Promoting ourselves just makes sense to us. Seems like sometimes the only way to really advance in work or in life, we got to do it ourselves. We got to go. As you dig into the Bible, what you find again and again is that God gets directly involved in where we're at in life, in our promotions. Psalm 75 says, He exalts one and He puts down another. He, he's the one in charge of what's going on in life. And, and we can either go his way in the way that we move through life, doing everything we can, being faithful, but trusting him, or we can 
Let it land on our own effort, relying on ourselves to make things happen that are completely out of our control. We need to see what's most important to God, since he's the one who has the promotions in his hand. He lifts one up, he puts down another. This is how it goes. The Bible shows us that God puts the humble in the front of the line for promotions. This is, this is what's most important in many situations to God as he looks at them. A man's pride, Proverbs 29:23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Now, this passage makes no sense based on the current stream of self-promotion in our culture. Choosing pride means that you put yourself above someone else. And you see this just everywhere you look. You know, talk to the... The hot business guys talk to the, the, the best athletes. You know, self-promotion, it's a way of life. It's what it takes. That's how you do it. But choosing pride means that you put yourself above others. The Bible says when you get into pride, you get taken down. You will get humbled. When you exalt yourself, God will not get on board. To help you in that. In fact, he will oppose you. Scripture says, uh, uh, man's pride will bring him low. Another one we're going to look at says that he, God really opposes the proud. Over time, if you choose the pride route, if you choose pride in the way you handle your work, in the way you relate to your boss, your co-workers, what, what you're actually doing is... You're packing dynamite into your work relationships and into the situation itself. Because pride fuels distrust. We don't trust people who are proud. Um, people don't trust the proud. They, they don't respect the proud who only look out for themselves. So we don't get the very thing we're trying to get. It, it, it's generating distrust. Arrogance is divisive. It repels others on your team rather than rallying them together in, uh, toward the goal. I mean, it's, it's just everything begins to fall apart. It's like a football team getting in a huddle. Nobody wants to huddle up with the proud. You know, they just, they just want to, you know, that, that huddle's important because you're going to find out what we're going to do when the ball snapped right next. You know, the next thing. That's important. But in a work situation, nobody wants to huddle up with the proud. And so you, you sort of get, you begin to get left out. And, and there's, real, there's a real struggle. So with pride, the very thing we want, respect, honor, status, we, we don't get. Even if we have the position, we don't get it. We find frustration. We exalt others, and they're looking for ways to cut you down to size. They, they hold back on the very respect that you crave. They're, they're holding it. And, and you're, you're captive to that. On the other hand, humility is the opposite of pride. If we voluntarily choose humility and put ourselves lower, we, we actually get honor. God, God makes sure of this. There are several passages all through Scripture that talks about how this is the way life really works. Honor here speaks to importance. And the word literally means weight. 
there's a, a, a literal, like a, one of the roots of this word in this passage means wait. So in, in situations, if you're, if you're humble, you obtain honor. And what happens is you actually are given a weight of significance in the situation that's going on right there. It's like a gold brick. You know, you pick up a gold brick. It doesn't look that heavy. You pick it up and you're like, whoa, whoa, precious metal. You know, that is significant because there's a weight to it. You know, wow, this is probably worth a lot of money. This is really valuable. And that, that's what happens with the humble. In, in the situation they're in, they're given a certain weight of significance. I, I personally have to be reminded of this. But humility brings people together like a magnet. And people want to work with the humble. Who wants to work with a proud, arrogant person? Not, okay, don't, don't raise your hand, but I don't think anybody would. We just don't want to. We don't want to do that. You don't promote yourself, but if you're humble, people want to know what you think. As you're, as you're growing in skill and competence and as you're pulling together for the team, people start drawing things from you. Before we keep moving through the, the message, I want to accurately define humility, or I want to look at what it means in different ways. Uh, humility involves taking a certain position. I take a lower position. Mentally, I choose a lower position toward God and those I work with and interact with. That's, that's what it means. It's, it's actually an attitude of deference. I, I just I defer to them. I treat them. I know they're not. I know they're not more valuable than myself before God, but I treat them as they were more important. Uh, humility involves respect. I choose to show respect. I don't cut people down in my mind and judge their words or actions critically, uh, arguing, um, and I don't show indifference. When you judge, there's something that happens, a cycle kicks in, and it comes right back to you. That's what Jesus said. So you don't judge. I, I choose Humility involves showing respect. I choose to show respect, and it means... That you give yourself to service. I, I serve with goodwill. That, that's what it means to be humble. If you're under authority, it means that you show respect and serve those over you. Uh, toward your peers, you take a lower position, show respect and serve them. You're trying to help, trying to be a help. If I have a higher position in the organization, then I use my position to serve the, the company, uh, my, those people under me. I try to help them be successful I, in church life and family. Whatever it is, uh, I'm not bullying them, using my position selfishly, but I'm using it to serve. Humility is greatly misunderstood by, by our culture for the most part. It doesn't mean that it weakens your work ethic. But it actually strengthens it, and it, it strengthens your character as well. If you're humble and choose to show respect with, to those you work with, they actually see you as a teammate. They, they want to work with you. Since you're not a threat, there's a lot more that can be done. You're not putting them on the defensive constantly. It allows you to work hard toward a goal and still enjoy relationships.
Pride is characteristic of a cutthroat workplace where everyone is a threat to each other. And that is so counterproductive. Jesus affirmed humility again and again in his teaching and in the life that that he lived, in the way he lived his life. Here's a very clear statement that he made. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Very plain. What Jesus is saying here, God has written this into the laws of the way life works. This is the way life works, like the law of gravity. This is written in. You exalt yourself and you will be humbled. I've been there. (laughs) I've tried exalting myself and I've come crashing down and I know it was God. And after it's all over, I've said, God, thank you for that. Thank you for not letting me do that and make myself out to be more important than other people. Scripture lays out some tremendous benefits of humility. Uh, there are more benefits to humility than this, but I, I, I have three here that specifically relate to work. The number one reason that humility is the secret ingredient that we're looking at in this message, God promises to help those who are humble. That's, that's the number one reason. God's help is a tremendous benefit of humility. He, he promises that. Proverbs 3.34, he mocks proud mockers but gives grace to the humble. It's speaking of God. Grace of God, the grace of God is something we need. It's a breath of fresh air that gives us power and help uh, to do what we need to do. It's grace that energizes, not self-effort, not, not depending on ourselves, not thinking we've got this covered. We can do this. It's grace from God that we need, and it, he pours it out. When we humble ourselves before him, and we humble ourselves in a situation, he pours it out. It's like jet fuel that, that energizes us to do what's right. If you're bullheaded and arrogant, God gives no help, no grace. He lets you go on your own. He, he will let you do that. It's our choice. He lets you generate all the effort yourself, and you get a taste of that. That's... That doesn't taste good. Very, very stale taste. But grace goes to the humble. Second benefit is wealth and honor. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor in life. You mix fear of the Lord with humility and you experience wealth and honor in life. Now, you, you may not become the next Warren Buffett. You know, but if you, if you fear the Lord means that you take God seriously and you fact him into every situation that you're facing right then and there. You mix that with humility. And so if you fear God, you're working hard because you know you, you bear Christ's name. If you fear him, you're, you're doing everything that you can do to contribute to the situation in a way that honors God because you know he's there. So you fear him, you mix that with humility, and then you approach life from his angle, and over time, your wealth grows. From wherever you start, it grows over time. This, this has been seen uh, all across the board in several studies, but it's just the way it is. Wherever you are, your money grows. Life blossoms with humility. It, it, it flourishes. If we humble ourselves, our marriage 
goes better. Our relationship to our kids flourish. Our, things go better at work with our boss and our coworkers. Final bit benefit of humility is exaltation in due time. It's what Jesus said. We refer back to the passage we quoted there. If you try to push your way to the top, there are going to be problems. Humility is not a shortcut. But God will make you shine over time as you humble yourself and choose to be faithful in your work. Humility and faithfulness are God's prime qualities for promotion. <laughs> this, is, this, is what, this is what he's looking for. Remember, he's the boss above the boss. He's, he's the boss of all bosses. This is what he's looking for. Humility, however, rarely shows up on a resume. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, hey, by the way, I'm humble. <laughs> that wouldn't be good, would it? Hey, hey, I am the most humble person you will ever meet. Okay, you just blew it right there. But anyway, um, it doesn't, it's not what employers tend to look for as they, as they check references. They're not thinking, hey, is this person humble? You know, or what, what are they like? What are they like? But I tell you what, it opens the door to all kinds of good stuff if you choose to be humble. Most look for skill and talent, competence, skill, commitment, hard work, the work ethic. That's, that's all important. But God looks at character. That's the best kept secret. Who you are is going to determine what you do. And how you live. And so humility is at the top of God's list of promotable people in his view of things. Now, this, this may concern you. Because if you choose to humble yourself in a situation before God, before other people, and you don't promote yourself, where am I going to turn? I don't, how's this going to go? Humility is a choice that flows from faith. That's what we find in Scripture. 1 Peter 5, 6-7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Now, this is what I love about the Bible. It makes you nervous to humble yourself before people and before God. But you keep casting your, as you do that, you keep entrusting yourself to God. God, I'm going to do this because it honors you. This is what I need. I'm going to do this. I'm going to humble myself before you. Would you help me do that? And he raises you up in due time. You can trust God. Genuine humility flows out of trusting God to care for you as you humble yourself. It gets us past our self-effort, so we have to rely on God. We have to trust Him in every area of life. It allows us to move away from independence to trusting God and depending on Him. The hand of God, this, this passage says, the hand of God is our protection and provision. It's, it's, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he raises you up in due time. He protects. As we choose to be humble, he's not going to rip us off. 
This is what he wants. This pleases him. He provides uh, as we humble ourselves. We may not get immediate success or results, but in the proper time we receive his blessing. As I wrap up today's message, uh, I'd like to ask you, if you would, to take out the connection card in the program. I'd like to ask the worship team to come, come up back up to lead us in some more singing and praise. If you would, please finish completing the information uh, that you haven't had an opportunity to on the connection card or the next steps that you'd like to take. Um, and when the offering ushers come around, you can drop the card in the offering. That'd be great. Here's some next steps that I'm going to suggest. Um, first one, memorize Proverbs 29:23. A man's pride le- brings him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. You, you will see that, that truth all through Scripture. It's the way life works, like gravity. Uh, second step could be just ask God to show me any signs of self-promotion in my work. Maybe that, as I talked about that, that's kind of stood out. I need to, I need to back off from that. Ask God, go to God, and ask Him for help with that. And then finally, uh, work hard and trust that God will take care of me. Just, I need God, I just, maybe you spend some time turning your anxieties over to God this week. God, I'm going to just trust you in this. Next week, uh, I'm going to be talking about how to read a movie. Uh, we're, we're entering into our uh, box office wisdom series, and... I want to make it clear that we are not recommending uh, these movies. There's a couple of them I certainly wouldn't go see, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to show the trailer. But, but what, what they do is, what happens with movies is they show what people are dealing with and talking about and the angle of approach to things that, that are in our culture. The stories carry the values of our culture. So what we're going to do in this series is we're going to look at the values of the movie. We may not watch even the trailer. We're going to talk about what those values are, and then we're going to compare them to the wisdom you find in Scripture. It's generally a very helpful series of messages. I'd like to encourage you to invite your friends to the series. And next week is sort of an intro pre-series where we're going to look at how, how do you read a movie, because uh, movies are just a script that's come you know made made visual. So we're going to look at that next week. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth that we see in your word that cuts to the core of who we are and the way life works. And Father, I I just ask that you would really help us this morning as you've spoken to our hearts, as you've laid things on our hearts, that you'd give us the power and the the strength to step out to follow you and take the steps of obedience in you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.